Yo, what up? This is Mike Brown. This is Alpha. And this is The Art of Letting Go. Letting go. Letting go. What? <laughs> so today, we have a guest on the show. I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I, I can give you an introduction, but I feel like you can really just introduce yourself. So like you can pronounce my last name. So, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so my name is Alexandria Wara and formerly Alexandria Thread, recently married. So yeah. Um, if that's all you want to give people, that's all you can give them. But you know, um, you definitely got the energy flowing before we came in here, just talking about not. I think back to October when we were talking about pushing through fears and stuff, and now seeing you push through your fears, like, that's inspiring. So, I really wanted to bring you in just to catch up with you, and also really talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that comes to mind off the top of my head is, I just really believe that fear in fear, it's really difficult for you to have a lot of faith. What happens is when you feed your fear, your faith starts, and vice versa, you know? And so you have to make a decision uh, about what you're going to put your energy into. What do you, you want to grow? Feed something grows. I just made a decision that I was tired of growing dark. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So you feel like the what was the transition for you? Like you know, I hear a lot of people talk about fear and fear, of, and even myself, I've expressed fear uh, as far as doing certain things. So what was for you? What was that turning point? Because it's easy to talk about turning from fear to faith, but it's harder to actually implement it. You know what I'm saying? So what was the point for you that was like, nah, this is what I'm going to do and continue to do? So, um, February of 2018, I had a surgery, and it was supposed to be outpatient, outpatient surgery, where I was supposed to be there one day, and I ended up being there for about a month and a half, and it was, it was rude, it's something that was supposed to be scary. After the emergency surgeries and things like that, after you're there so long, you're like, so what's happening? You have a lot of faith towards the beginning, but towards the end, it just got really, really bad. And I began to lose a little faith. And I began to lose faith in his purpose for me. Because I'm like, okay, actually I lost one of my best friends about a month prior. So in my mind, I'm like, good die young maybe it's just my time maybe it's you know you get into that but having peace about it still not feeling you know anxious but but towards the end you're like okay i've been here too long i get it i, I had a lot of strength during the first two weeks this last little stretch you're gonna have to do something about it and i, I remember, remember telling god that is you know if you let me not die i promise to live and 
while I was in the hospital, I just really sat and thought about all the things that, you know, all the hardships I've experienced and coming out of um, being in the hospital and beginning to heal, I remember just really reflecting and being like, homelessness doesn't scare me. I've, I've been without a home before. Okay, check. I'm not afraid of it anymore. I've, I've lived and made do with no money. So being broke doesn't scare me anymore. And I've I've even lived without having companionship for years. Like, I remember, I'm married now, but before him, I have one other boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I've lived a long time being alone. Being alone doesn't scare me. Um, being disappointed by your friends happens all too often. That doesn't scare me. And then I experienced, you know, almost dying. Death doesn't scare me. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, what is left? I've experienced everything that most people would be afraid of. And, you know, I, I, it's kind of crazy that we're here talking about it. But for me, um, for about 10 years of my life, consistently, at least once a year, I would attempt suicide. You really get in that place where you feel like you would never be missed anyway. Nobody's thinking about me. Nobody cares. Um, and it became a crazy habit where it began to feel like a holiday. And when I would start to feel that anxiousness of, I don't want to be here anymore, I was like, you know, I feel like I'm two people inside my head. So one side of me, one side of me would be like, oh, it's just that time of year. Like, mm -hmm. it happened so often, I would, I would, I got used to it. And so I experienced that too. And I'm not afraid of death, not at all. I'm not afraid of losing a parent. That already happened. I'm not afraid of it's just all these things that you know happen throughout the long stretch of most people's lives happen to me in such a condensed time and I really feel like um perhaps God did that on purpose that he microwaved a lot of my bad experiences so that I can talk about it mm -hmm. from uh, my first lady always says that you can't really help somebody get over the things you're still doing and so there was a, a period when I was just still dealing with those things and God is beginning to bring me out of them so that I cannot talk about it from a very healthy place. So that moment of being in the hospital, almost dying, I was like, there's nothing left to do. There's so, nothing left. So you had a chance to reflect on your life and the things that you've been through. And it sounds like you realize how resilient you have yeah. been. Um, throughout your life, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've been through this, and I've been through that, and I've been through this, and I'm still here. And I'm still even, I, and wow, man, like, even in this, even in that moment, you were still fighting. It was like, if you give me a chance, God, I, I, that's dope. It's funny that you even say that. I actually, I actually remember posting something about that maybe a couple months ago, and I just stopped, and I was just like, I'm so proud of you. I was just like, my bounce back, my bounce back game is so strong. <laughs> like, it is next level mm -hmm. things that i've experienced you know, most people could not endure even things from losing my father but the way that that happened and the way that i had to push through that was just next level for me even with him it was um i got a call that he died somebody hit me up on facebook somebody dm'd me wow. on facebook and said do 
know a man named Rex Threat. I have a unique last name. And I said, yeah. And that's actually my dad. That's his boy. They need someone to go identify his body. Not even he's dying. Oh, man. He's already gone. And they need someone that is close to him to identify. So they searched my last name and just so happened to find me. And I remember going there, looking at him, and my mom told him to me. She's shaking, and I'm just standing like stoic, strong. Okay, we got this. And I remember planning a funeral for a man that was never there for me. And I had to prepare a funeral for him with honor and, and respect the way that God talks about it in the Bible, knowing that he didn't call me from a birth of that um, and I feel like I was mourning a man that I already missed. Like, I already missed him. Yeah. And watching people um, come up and speak about him. And I was like, no, who are you guys are talking about? Yeah. I don't know this man at all. Mm-hmm. Watching my family, you know, uh, inside of the family, really, like, almost jump into the casket. Like, that thing, I was just like, who are, who are you talking about? I don't know this guy. And really having to push through that, I was just like, okay, listen, if I can plan a grand funeral for somebody who probably didn't know anything about anything I ever did, and probably never really heard my singing, probably, if I can do that, I can do it. And it sounds like, shit, you've been through the worst parts of your life. Yeah, like, so, like I said, like a microwave. So much back to back to back and I know that there must be a reason that I'm still here. My uh, my home church used to say on our birthdays that uh, you're still here because your life has purpose. Mm-hmm. So I've been searching for the last at least 10 years trying to figure out what that purpose is. And I, I think I realized that um, the things that I experience have absolutely nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. The things that I go through isn't about me at all. Mm-hmm. It's about someone else who be sitting there waiting to hear a story like mine so that you can get out of the bed and say, okay, I got a shit. You know? Yeah. That is, that's, that actually is something that helped me get out of that stage of depression when I was always contemplating suicide. When I realized that there was somebody else out there who felt alone, like, it's just me who's going through this in this kind of way. You realize that, you know, somebody else who looks like you is dealing with you know, it's like, ooh, okay. So it's a thing. Okay. So if she's here, still here, okay, I can do this. You know, so I just want to be that voice for somebody else. That's what's up. So what would you say your purpose is right now? Mm, that's a good question. Right now, I think if you would ask me last before I had an answer. <laughs> um, right now, I think my purpose is to finally see those things that God's promised me. Right now, this is, I'm in the season of me. And for so many years, I've sat on the sidelines. Um, people have put me on the back burner. And right now, my purpose is to be everything, or at least to begin to be everything that God has already shown me. I used to do things like uh, I had a, a drawer that I would write things on. Like, so don't laugh. But I, I used to want to be Missy Elliott. Like, I used to okay. rap okay. and sing. 
and just be all these things and they start like different rap names, try things out, or write them on the wall. Um, like, I'm just so mad. Like, I start baby names on my dresser too. <laughs> just, just all these things that I wanted to be, I would write them down. And difficulties so I just I'll just share um, a quick experience um, so I actually sing for a living um, anything when you say things like that people are like you sing what where right it all okay let me hear you sing so right. <laughs> sing right now right. yeah where's the invoice right straight up straight up <laughs> no but um, so there was this uh, there's this really big conference coming up actually next week it's called NAM and it's oh, yeah. yes, I'm going as well yes okay we go. that's what's up so I'm going to NAM and I told one of my musician friends like yeah so like I'm trying to go trying to get a pass and he was like why why are you going and I was just like I think I was offended but I think I was offended because I was like why am I going mm. 
it's, it's something, it's literally like a car show for musicians. Yeah. And although technically I am a musician, I am just a singer, you know? And so him asking me why I was going, at first I was just like, what? Like, I'm not good enough to go? So it made me sit back and be like, okay, well, why are you going? And, um, but in my offense, I began to vent to myself and I was really frustrated. And I remember telling myself, People, people are going to question you. People are going to not believe in you. Believe in yourself anyway. Right. Because I, I don't know why I'm going. Honestly. You know, aside from it naturally being something people like us go and do. Right. It's that time of year. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we do. Um, but perhaps I'll discover that when I get there. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'm going to figure it out. You know what I mean? But I just believe that certain things just don't, you know, they don't just happen. I used to say when I was younger, like, you know, my name is Alexandria Threat at the time. Alexandria Threat. This is a name that, even though it sounds kind of familiar, it it is very unique. Like, there is a reason why the Lord names me Alexandria Threat why that name combined um, is going to do something. You know what I mean? Even people, when I say my last name, people think I made it up. Or that must be your stage name. Or, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, that is quite grand if you think I'm walking around here telling people that I'm a threat. Like, no. But I'm glad that you do. You know, I'm glad that you believe that because it's what what's happening is, and I think that um, to kind of piggyback on what we were talking about, Farrah, what, what pivoted things, it was um, I actually recently lost uh, about 120 pounds and it really boosted my confidence in a way that I've never had confidence in my whole life and I'm just like those things that weigh on us and all those things those insecurities um, just begin to lift one by one all the reasons why you feel like you're not going to pursue your dream all the feelings you know why you feel like everybody else is moving past you maybe I'm not this enough or I'm not that enough that really boosted my confidence in a way that I just I've never believed in myself and I was just like you know what there are gonna be some people because we are human and I understand it and I'm not offended that people don't believe in me because God believes in me and aside from that I believe in me I believe that I'm gonna do great things and it's not those it's not one of those isms you know like you know doors are gonna open and yeah, yeah, yeah. like no like do you know what God's implanted the ideas that the seeds the, the things that come out of my mouth but if, if I even begin to talk about those things I know that he is not downloading those kinds of things into everybody right. in the same kind of way yeah. because you know we're all supposed to be a little bit different there's some people who are chosen and I don't think it's unfair for me to say that I feel like God chose you. Yeah. I think that God can use you when you finally know who he created you to be. Right. And then you need that time to really navigate through that. It's like this big suitcase that you have. And you're like, okay, I don't need that. I can't fit that. I can't fit these friends anymore. Whew, God, I got that out the way. You know, that man is out the door. You know what I mean? The job is gone. This, this, you know, you're going through this luggage so that, you know, you can actually go somewhere. I want to make room in my luggage, my luggage of life to be able to 
packing whatever God says he wants me to have. I've been packing it with stuff all the time. Fear, insecurities, doubts, all kinds of things. Comparison. I've been packing my suitcase. I am ready to travel, though. And they said that my suitcase is over the limit. So, it's time for me to take out the things that I stuffed in there. And just leave what God put in there so that I can go. Right. Yeah. I like that, too, because I... I feel like the most confident I've ever been, and I definitely have struggled with confidence and fear and just different stuff in my life. And I, one thing that we were talking about before was the um, helping somebody else achieve what you believe you should be doing. And I'm definitely guilty of that. Like I do that to this day. Um, and I'm really working on becoming more of myself and just exploring whatever it is that I want to do and doing it. But the, the strongest I've ever felt in life was when I realized that I'm a child of God. And then I looked into what does that really mean? Like, what do I inherit as a child of God? Like, who am I? Who am I supposed to be as a child of God? Like, if I'm a child of God and I and I'm made in His image and I get this download of certain things from Him, you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't I become more confident? Absolutely. Why can't I be more of the man that I have written myself down to be? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I want to be this, and this year I'm going to change like that, or I I am this. You know, to kind of speak it into existence, but not to be it yet. And, but to realize, like, I am that now. I just have to believe it. I am because he is. Mm-hmm. And that is that. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. There's no... Um, Kanye says that the devil is in the details and God is in simpli- uh, simplicity. Mm-hmm. All this stuff we sit and consume ourselves with, that's the enemy operating, trying to convince us we aren't who God showed us that we're supposed yeah. to be. And honestly, if we do a better job at cultivating a space where we encourage each other, perhaps these things that I'm walking to in, as I'm you know, approaching 30, I would have hit at 25. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We spend way too much time, way too many years, too many minutes, too many whatever, um, thinking. God moves. He doesn't think. He spoke right. and things work. Right. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. That same power that he has, he gave to us. Right. And so, just like he said, stars in the sky. And the stars were there. And it lit everything up. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no... We we, we always got to have a plan. We got to write. I right, mean, like, of right, course, right. writing it down is a thing, for sure. But, you know, we're waiting for this to happen. We're waiting for, you know, credit score to be however, you know, until we have a baby. And all this stuff, these details... That God never intended for us to operate in. Mm-hmm. Like, we have so much more power than we give ourselves credit for. And if we actually just try to use it, things will actually happen. Like, what if you said, I want to be a millionaire and I am going to make it happen? Mm-hmm. And then you work. Would you be shocked? Because what happens is when we operate out of our fear, when blessings come, we're shocked. Yeah. And God's like, ah, you ain't ready. Yeah. Right. So he gives you a little bit, see what you can do with it, and you're like, oh my God. And he's like, ah, not yet. Yeah. I feel like we got to stop looking so external for God because I feel like if we are made in his image and he put everything inside of you that you need, then you're right here. Mm -hmm. And the self-love is right here because they say God is love. So if you're loving yourself and you're loving the image that God has put in you, you know it's all there. And I think for me, that's what helped me recognize, like, all right, I've been doing all this searching because I've done a lot of searching in my life for things, and I recognize, like, 
everything that I need is right here and right here. Mm -hmm. So I got everything I need to move and I don't have to play with myself no more. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things where it's like, but how though? Because those things are inside of you, but you won't even take time to look inside of you because this world has you thinking outward. Mm -hmm. So right. you focus on everything, everything and everybody else. else. Yep. Yep. The minute, and honestly, a lot of times, um, most people don't really excel until there's some kind of breaking. Mm -hmm. When you're forced to be alone and you don't have anybody and your friends stop answering the phone and that man ain't text you back or that woman, you know, refuses to text you back. Like, it's like when you when you get in that place of I am all alone, it's like, ah, now you have the time to see what I've seen all along. But we spend so much time focusing on everything else you of course you're not gonna see who you really are because mm -hmm. you're watching tv right you're not gonna of course you don't know what's inside of you because you are here supporting so-and-so's mm -hmm. dream or mm -hmm. whatever of course it's one plus one is two you didn't give yourself the time or space or opportunity to develop who mm -hmm. you because what you have was always there but are you searching for you Right. Who are you searching for? What are you looking for? Are you looking for love? Are you looking for X, Y, and Z? But are you looking for you? Yeah. You yeah. end up downloading a lot of other parts, other information, and yeah. becoming, oh, I'm a little sprinkle of this, I'm a yeah. little sprinkle of that, and I'm a little. And it's like, nah, like, get rid of all of that. And it's like you were saying with the luggage, it's like, get rid of all of this stuff that you thought you were. Like, you know what I'm saying? Growing up, me growing up in a domestic violence household and seeing certain things that I saw and witnessing. I just thought I was this. I was supposed to be this angry kid. You know what I'm saying? I thought I was supposed to lash out. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? Until I found a relationship with God. Until I found who's not my wife. And I was like, oh, we can just talk? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that's cool. We can just solve some problems like that. That I don't have to yell. You know what I'm saying? And really being more comfortable with who I am. And as, and as an artist, I can say I'm still on that journey um, as a vocal artist. Like, getting on stage and at, like acting or dancing or doing something like that, I can do that all day. But having the confidence to stand up there by myself and be like, I wrote this and this is my heart. And this is, you know, this is what I've been through and this is my love and this is my passion and this is what I give to you. It's a gift to me and I pray that it's a gift to you. Like that's something that I have struggled with and I'm getting to a place where I'm like, nah, you got that too. So now I, I have a question and it can seemingly be rhetorical or not, but it's like, I think about whose responsibility is it to tell you what you have inside of you so for instance I, I always tell the story about how um I didn't know I was beautiful until like I was 25 years old and it you know a lot of people put the pressure on you like you know you're supposed to be self-confident xyz but right. it a lot of our our parents and those who raised us um forgot to download some things into us and that stifles things so um i have a movement called did you know you're beautiful gonna be pushing it a little harder soon but really it is to remind those young girls or not even reminding them it's more like telling them who they're gonna be because i feel like i would be so much further if somebody told me I wasn't going to be the darkest girl in the room forever. I wouldn't feel that way. Mm. And I would push my heart. Somebody would have said, hey, somebody's going to break your heart one day. You're going to break somebody's heart one day. So when it happens, it would be like, ah, somebody told me this was going to happen. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And you're able to navigate through that versus spending a month listening to the miseducation of Lauren Hill. And you're here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I think we got to do a better job at reminding each other of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um as early as you can speak. But that, that comes with knowing who you are. I think once you know who you are, you're able to give that to other people. I think so many of us were taught wrong because we come from generations of self-hate and negativity, mm-hmm. fear. Like your parents teach you fear-based. Like, don't do this. Rather than telling you, don't do this because, because. when I tried it, mm-hmm. yeah. it fucked me up. Oh, right. they did not they tell just the truth. You, exactly. My mom is a liar. <laughs> not really a liar. I think there's just something she thinks that not telling me will protect me from. But right. I'm one of those that you're like, the fire's hot. And I'm like, me too. Hot. Mm-hmm. Hot is hot. Because what, right. what's hot for me may not be hot for you. Right. right. You know? I still believe in that, to be perfectly honest with you. I haven't gotten rid of, rid of that. My favorite question is why. Oh, yeah. yeah. You tell me something, I want to know listen, why. My niece is a why queen. <laughs> okay? But that's a good thing, though, because I I feel like that is how you get to this level. That's how you get to, like you said, loving yourself or being able to give that to somebody else. Okay, I learned all this. Let me show them my experience Mm -hmm. rather than just telling you don't do this or don't mess with this person. I've been in your situation. It's about creating a culture of authenticity, though forcing yourself and your friends and the people you encounter to be more authentic but what that means is providing a safe place for them not to be perfect so if i say hey let's just be authentic you say something wild and i'm like right you know what i'm saying that makes people take their authenticity authenticity and put it back in their pocket and they're like i'm good because i tried to be real and it was a joke i think when you can get to the place where you're uncomfortable or you're comfortable being uncomfortable that's when things start to shift and that's when leaving the community the people around you because i like talking to men especially black men and starting to open up and share certain things in a way they're like oh 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 okay we can talk cool and let me share a little bit more let me give a little bit more and it's interesting to see how that dynamic works because like we just even in church we go to church together and so um i've had a lot of encounters where i'm like oh what's up man how you doing and oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. That's what's up. So what's going on with you? And it's like, but they don't really give you what's really there because they feel like they have to wear this facade or this this image because they're at church. But when you get one on one and you really start to engage and you have that conversation, like, oh, yo, this is what I'm going through, bro. I need you to pray for me. Exactly. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I I need you to pray for me, like right now. Then they start to feel more comfortable. But I have to feel comfortable in sharing myself before anybody else is willing to give that back to me sometimes you got to show it first you know and i like kind of just referencing to work as well because i substitute teach but sometimes when you walk in the classroom you can't walk in there with that with that guard up you got to show these kids straight up who you are i'm struggling Mm -hmm. (laughs) i ain't rich right i'm none of this and then they they start to show you who they are and i think that's Cause a lot of adults are still children, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, and we and we're taught, you know, don't tell people what's going on in your life. Don't do this. Don't do that. So, if somebody asks you how you doing and you're not doing good, and you're like, oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So when you ask me back, I'm gonna tell you what I'm going through. If I'm good, I'm good. If I'm not good, I'm gonna tell you. Mm-hmm. 
so you could feel comfortable. I'm going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I always say that anything not reciprocated isn't real. If I'm being real too, Absolutely. you keep things surface with me. Yeah. This isn't real. Mm -hmm. It's cute. <laughs> and it's fun. We can do whatever. But I know I can't be all of me in front of you. Mm -hmm. And so we just got to do a better job all the way around. Uh, providing a safe place for people to be themselves instead of just encouraging them to be. Because what that ends up being is you're just being nosy. So be you so I can know all yeah. your tea and then I'm going to help you and I'm never going to tell you anything about me. So something that, that, that stood out about you to me um, we were at Glenda's house. Mm -hmm. I think it was a school party or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um you kind of just pulled me, I was walking by, you kind of just pulled me to the side and you said, you my nigga. And it just made me like, relax. And just felt, like I felt so good. For, for a long time, I wasn't comfortable being myself. So I didn't show, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're armor bearer. And they see this one image of me. So they think I'm like this real square. I don't really do too much. I don't talk too much. And it's like, mm, no, that's just what I do at church. You know what I'm saying? Because I have to have that particular role. But the fact that I, it felt like you saw me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really saw me. And I was like, man, that made me feel so good that you saw me like that. And I was like, okay, I can feel... Let me let loose a little bit more. And let me. And it was just that phrase. And I think we were just having a drink. You said that. We joked a little bit. And then we just kept it pushing. But that... Whenever I think about you, that moment always stands out to me. Oh, friend. Because... <laughs> really, it's... I, if, I, if I did see you, it's because you look like me. Mm -hmm. Just... You gravitate towards, or I, I'll speak for me. I gravitate towards imperfection. Um, but making a decision to be in positions of power where people are watching you, but, but still struggling or still trying to be at least enough of yourself so that people can relate. I, I, I respect that so much and that makes me want to, give you a safe place to be you that's mm. really what it really like what it what it really is i just have that because i know people haven't provided that for me and mm. i want to be that so that we can so anybody in my circle anybody rocking with me anybody i connect with knows that they can be themselves like oh my god i, I love that you said that because mm. that's that's my goal yeah it's for people to know that they can be themselves and we can still go into the enemy's camp and do what we need to right, do. Right. I always say that none, I don't hang out with anybody that don't have power. Because at some point, I'm going to need for you to go for me. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we we have to realize that we're just regular human beings. And in reality, when God or when Jesus would go and do these miracles and go to these people, he wasn't in the temples talking to the other priests. Right. About X, Y, and Z, you know, he was down there with the people. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? All those amazing things. The reason why we know who Jesus is is because of the things that he did with people who were nothing like him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing like him. So, of course, I need you to be you because I need a safe place to be me. Right. So, yeah. That's real. So, I have a question for both of y'all mm -hmm. because I think about what you said about showing a certain face in church. Why be in a place where you have to show a face where you can't let your guard down and be a certain way? Mm. So for me, it wasn't the place. It was what I was taught about the church 
and sometimes it can be the people. It can be the judgment of the, of the people in the church. For for me, when I started going to <clears throat> when I started going to Antioch, I didn't even meet. I didn't even see the pastor preach the first three times I visited the church. I just was so in line with what the guest preachers were saying that I was like, oh, this is it. I'm gonna join this church. And then I saw him, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this yeah, dude is the coolest right dude in the world. <laughs> coolest dude in the world. You know what I'm saying? And so it wasn't really about like even. I remember talking to him, and uh, he wears glasses at times, right? And so I wear glasses too, but I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want to overstep, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, what? He said, dude, put your glasses on, man. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it wasn't about the church, because it's his church. So it wasn't about the environment that he created. It was more or less what I had experienced in the past and what I thought I knew about church. Yeah. <clears throat> and so as I've gotten more comfortable there and spending more being there for a couple of years and getting to know the pastor better and getting and being close to him because I'm an armor bearer, it's opened me up so much more to being myself. Like him and and Lady Maya are so much themselves, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, that it made me so free to just, whew, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Like I come, I'm a Christian. I I curse sometimes. I drink sometimes. It is what it is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I don't have to be anything other than who I am. Of course, there's the respect Absolutely. given here and there's respect yeah. given within the church as well. So I won't disrespect him by, right. the, by the, what I say because I'm a representative of his church. Right. But I think for me, going back to that, I know I just said a lot, but going back to that, it was my own mindset, what I had been taught, what, um, what I had been told as a child growing up and not, and not being um, correctly interpreted. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was more or less of why I acted a certain way, where now I'm like, yeah, we here. And a lot of times you, you act, <laughs> because, you know, a lot of times we're not even comfortable being all of ourselves in front of some. We're uncomfortable saying some things out loud about right. ourselves and being truthful with ourselves. So, uh, so, to answer your question, why be in a place where, you know, you kind of have to be someone different? Um, to piggyback it really is church is church but I was drawn to my leaders Okay. and mm-hmm. the people in the church will always be people in the church no matter what church you're at Yeah. Um, but when you're when you find leaders who give you that safe place to be yourself to say I know that you are not perfect just like God God knows exactly who you are and says I love you anyway I want to bless you anyway yeah. and that they take someone who, um, or at least they, they help to develop or help grow people who aren't perfect to take all these imperfect people and say, I want you to stand beside me. Um, I'm the pricing coordinator at the same church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's taken a lot to really step into that role. And for me, it's like, it, it could be temporary. It could last forever. It's uh, actually something I've probably been doing without a title for a long time anyway. Um, but because I'm young and I just never really felt like, uh, well, like maybe that's not really what I'm supposed to do, but I just really, I connect with the heart of my leaders. Like mm-hmm. my leaders, I can be me. I can be like, did you see that Beyonce concert the other day? Or I can be like, <laughs> see, those shoes are amazing. Right. Mad fly today. Right. And I don't have, it's not this, 
this sense of royalty yeah. that you think about with church. Like, you can't communicate with them. Honestly, I... Them being transparent about their marriage mm-hmm. and even with, like, sex life and things like that mm-hmm. helped me be like, okay, cool. Right. I can... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, it helps you get through what you have going on. I, I rock with my leaders because they're yeah. transparent. So, it's not... That's real. And, and as far as being somebody different, but you... Even with that, knowing that you have a safe place, you you have to know that everybody isn't where you are. Yeah. And so there is a level of, you know, coat or whatever the hat that you have to put on to lead people to Christ. And once they're in your hands, and it's like, okay, so let's go ahead and explore and open up who you are. Okay. But everybody isn't ready for that immediately. Mm-hmm, right. Sometimes you have to be polished just a little bit so that people so that you draw the people in and it's not about being a facade people are human beings and yeah. people doubt everything i always say black people will talk, talk you out of anything yeah. like they just were naturally pessimistic like ah what's going on here or mm-hmm. why are you so happy right. even, even the things that are supposed to be positive we question mm-hmm. because of how we grown up things that we've missed out on even being uh, being black and just being a man or being a woman or just things that we feel like you know give us a disadvantage we naturally are negative about and this is a, a place where you're supposed to be able to be every piece of yourself but until you're comfortable with being until you are comfortable actually being every piece of yourself you're gonna feel like yeah. you like uncomfortable but yeah. it's not about the church. It's you. Yeah. I, and I agree with you because I know for a long time for me, I used to always feel uncomfortable in church. Mm-hmm. But that time I did come to your church mm-hmm. and I was in there with blonde hair, I felt like me. Mm-hmm. And I really I really didn't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the people. It wasn't about none of that. It was really about just being there for that experience. And because the people in the church are looking to be safe and be themselves and for you to come in and be in all of you people are like oh my god how yeah. they want right. to know how yeah, how yeah. can you be yourself and then that church is about community then you start talking about how yeah. when you didn't think that you had any kind of influence in a church you could be the most powerful you know what i'm saying right, right. you know you got to give yourself um more credit yeah i think too um like we've been talking about our leaders in the church and i think that when you really study jesus jesus was dope like jesus was dope like just doing like a character study and just studying him as a man yeah and just watching how he moved you know what i'm saying real regular how he talked and what he said to people like people would i can't quote nothing right now but (laughs) but like somebody coming he's like what are you talking about yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I sold this. And I did this. And he did this. All right, but did you do this? Yeah. No? All right, cool. Like, it, he was just so... I feel like it's... It, the way that it's taught at, at times, it's like, God said. And it's like, well, Jesus was a man, though. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, like, to, to really en- engulf that. Like, Jesus was a man. Like, he was a man. Like, I could have talked to him just like I'm talking to you. Yeah. And understanding that from that angle, like, yeah, he was God and he went away and he got with God one-on-one and he came back and he did what he did with the people. But at the end of the day, he was a man. Right. And so once I kind of got more of that and grasped, I was like, okay, 
let me figure out what that means for me as a man. You know what I'm yeah. saying? How do I walk as a man knowing that God, that Jesus was a man? Right. You know what I'm saying? And it really helped me like become more of more comfortable in that realm because it wasn't about he was a man that walked with twelve imperfect men. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he was, none a, of them he was a, a man that was perfect and people still didn't like him. So right. now what makes me think that, you know, I'm above any of that. Like he he, he did everything right. People still didn't rock with him. And the, the the thing is, was Jesus perfect or was that people's perception of him? I I personally believe that um that God did create him to not have sin. Yeah. That he was created to be seemingly perfect so that we so it's almost like that learning curve thing. Like what yeah. is it? Like when you the grading curve and like, okay. You know, you didn't reach the A, but whoever has the highest grade in the class, let's model that. That will be the A mm. in the class. Yeah. And so him being a human being here is just like, hey, yeah, we're probably not going to be God where we can create a whole world or whatever. But here's your learning curve. At least try and reach that. Yeah. If you can at least reach something like this, if you can yeah. at least be like Christ, Christian would mean meaning to be like Christ. If you can at least try to be like Christ, then you you're gonna be on the right track. And even with that too, like Jesus, he got mad, right? He got frustrated. He was sad. He was tested. You know what I'm saying? Like all the things that we experience and we would call imperfect, like overreacting in a situation, seemingly overreacting in a situation where no, I'm just really passionate right now. Right. And I'm flipping over these tables because I'm passionate right now. Right. It's like somebody might look at that as imperfection the pharisees looked at that as imperfection but was it you know what i'm saying and so i think that wearing some of those things that we would like to hide some of the emotions that we want to hide some of the fears that we want to hide some of the things things that that make you human yeah he was a human being i think god was extremely strategic in in bringing that and creating a man to go through all of that Mm -hmm. like it's very strategic yeah he's human we're all human and so I, I would hope that anybody watching her, even you, like, just do not be afraid of church because church is an entity. Right. Be more concerned with relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is how we need each other. Yeah. We absolutely need each other. And if, I don't know, you don't want to turn anybody away. And it's not about being fake, but I do want to create seemingly a learning curve and say hey this is where we're striving to but just know i'm not perfect right you know what i'm saying but if we allow each other to just be regular and basic forever then right what are we even doing here yeah. you right. know what i mean like strive towards something you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and that, that's the thing like i don't i don't go to church but i believe in god mm-hmm. and i feel like you know, like you said, being imperfect but still striving for more. I think that's another reason I've always looked up to Kanye. Kanye is not afraid to fuck up. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's still trying to reach his greatest self, but, you know, that's kind of the journey I see for myself as well. You know, I think I think a lot of times, at least for me, and I can't speak for everyone, but I think I was kind of taught 
the wrong way about God and about Jesus mm-hmm. and just everything about church and all that. You so, learn about it through tradition, which is supposed exactly. to, which is yeah. supposed to wear. Right. The time you're supposed to be there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I you, get that. You and I have talked about us just having a conversation and that being yeah. church. You know what I'm saying? Like us absolutely. I mean, just, I mean, this feels like church right yeah. now, and you know, I think just just the authenticity. You know, for me, lets me be able to let my guard down. You know, sometimes walking in in that that church setting, especially the church that I went to in Houston, I won't put them out there, but people pulling up in bins is pulling up in whatever three piece suits and like, you know that I never connected to that. Mm-hmm. Um, who feel a, a way about that, but not the way you would think I feel about things like that. I mean, I, and it's this the thing, like, it, it can be inspiring and it can also be intimidating as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not there. You know what I mean? Or even going in church and like, I remember people catching the spirit and it's like, why is it not hitting me like that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't really to my adult life till I really explore my relationship with God. And it was like, I didn't feel like I needed a middleman. Mm-hmm. And not to say that's that's right or wrong, but I know my connection to God feels like direct, feels here, feels here. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to say something that you may not agree with, but that sounds like the conversation of somebody that's chosen. And I think that even you having a sight for things like that is definitely the kind of trait that a minister will have. And I've been told that my whole life. And yeah. that that used to scare me, but I feel like I'm I'm looking at that different and not so much in a in a church mm-hmm. way. But I mean all of us in the way that we do things like creating here, creating music, that can be my way of doing it. I want you to get in your mind that church is legit a building. Yeah. Yeah. So even using the word church changed the, the uh the way you use the word church yeah. um, and know that because you have sight for those kinds of things ministry is kind of on but you have to <laughs> <laughs> you gotta really really explore what ministry actually is yeah. um, I'm an ordained minister yeah. I definitely don't look like one you know what I mean Yeah. but I know that I know I understand what ministry means I understand, I understand that um, my life is not my own and that I have ciphered things that people, others do not. Mm-hmm. That normal people my age do not. Mm-hmm. That people twice my age do not. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of me. God gave that to me. Right. And so what that means is that we are, we're vessels that God has chosen to go and help others get connected to God in the way that we are. So even you saying you don't need a middleman. You don't. God's, mm-hmm. God's like, Mm-hmm. I gave you absolute, mm-hmm. complete, direct access to me. Mm-hmm. You don't. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're right. Mm-hmm. What if you're right, mm-hmm. though, Mike? I know. What if? I can do anything that I want to do. Absolutely. You don't. You Absolutely. don't need a middleman. And he's like, you got it. Yeah. But what are you going to do with that information? And that is the part that I'm working out right now. Yeah everything I want to do with it because I, I see it I visually see it everybody, I feel it not even see it I feel it everybody doesn't connect with him in that way yeah 
and those are the people who are called to lead the other people who mm-hmm. don't I recognize that I recognize that you see yeah, it, I, do. You know? I do I do and that's that's why I'm I'm moving different in my life like I see the next steps for me I've been seeing them but I was afraid of them and I think my biggest fear and it's not even really a fear mm-hmm. but not completing the mission I was sent here to do mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I know what I was sent here to do so I have to do it by any means necessary can I say this yes God will you'll live until you do it I know that I know that he won't absolutely I look at death differently um when I've lost a lot of friends and so when I lose my friends I say okay they came here and did what they were supposed to do yeah mm-hmm. they came here and uh, loved us or whatever their mission was and as you're searching for it just know that you're not God won't allow you to die until you do it I know I know and I, and I think he's giving you time to the, figure it out the more mm-hmm. the more that I keep pushing at the things that I believe the more he gonna keep giving me to to give out yeah as so. long as you're as long as you're doing that yeah. giving it back out and yeah. not keeping it to yourself and holding on to it and sitting on it then you you you're already you minister my friend and if you, so Mike, you've been, uh, it's, I'm listening to everything that y'all are talking about right now. And I'm just kind of taking it in, but I'm thinking about your journey and your journey since you, you know, you came out to me, um, and how we kind of disconnected and we came back and everything was, you know, we, we here now Yeah. and just watching, watching your progression, even in and out of relationships Yeah. and the thing that you, and the things that you've learned to where you are now even from the growth in the the bonfire and the way that you connect and the way that you that's on point yeah like it's absolutely on point and you're like you're you're actively doing it yeah you know what i'm saying and so it's really dope to to witness like and i know that we here and there we'll kind of in passing kind of talk about it a little bit but like hearing hearing her speak on it and just you you both kind of going back and forth is i embrace it all now man like i used to be afraid like people used to tell me how I affect their lives and shit like that. And that shit used to be like, what the fuck? Like, you don't know me. You don't, and, and because of how I saw myself, it was like, nah, but I'm not this good person. I'm not this. But it's like, who the fuck am I to judge me? Like, <laughs> I, I just have to live this motherfucker. And whatever you get out of it, yes. you get out of it. Because right. I have to experience it to be able to share it. Right. So so here's what I, I guess I challenge, um, challenge the thought process. So if you're able, if, if you're able to soundly understand that when you speak things out of your mouth, they begin to happen, and understand that um, that the connection is all a minister or a pastor is is using that same power, but being able to speak over somebody else's life. Yeah, that's legit. It's saying it's using your power, not just for you. Like, what if I was a superhero and all I did is save myself? Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that? Right. You know, what if I had a superpower and all I did was use it for selfish, selfishness and self-gratification? Right. Like, that's really all ministry is. So I don't even want you to be afraid of it. Yeah. It's, it's taking what you already know about yourself. Absolutely. And using it over somebody else. I, I feel like I do it in my own ways, though. And that, I do. And that's okay. I do. Um, There's no one way, though. Yeah, absolutely. No absolutely. Right and I, and I'm, I'm learning that. Like, I think my biggest thing... There is a wrong way to do it. <laughs> 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 coming coming right, down in right, the air with right, the right. <laughs> That's shocking big. <laughs> Don't fall. 
But yeah. I think my ability to help people heal is my way of doing it. And the thing I recognize is I come from a long lineage of healers. Like I look at my mama, I look at my grandmother, I look at my aunt, I see all these people before me that have been healing, but I don't know if they really do how to cultivate it in the way that I do. So I'm taking advantage of that shit. Like when, when we had that bonfire, my mama's still living. My grandmother's passed. But I felt my mama with me. I felt my grandmother with me, helping me put that together, being confident, feeling good about it. And just just that energy, I took that shit because I was nervous at first. I was like, people not gonna show up. It's not gonna be this. 22 fucking people showed up. And the energy I had, I felt like I gave that shit to everybody else. And whatever it did for them, I feel like they passed that shit on to whoever they had. That's what ministry yeah. is, yeah. period. I don't know if you know, but you had church at the bonfire. It felt like it. Mm-hmm. It felt like it. It was. Yeah. So we had music. We had congregation. It was. Yeah. So explore that concept. I, I'm I here to challenge, listen. I'm here for it. I'm here for Let's it. Let's go. I, I, I really appreciate you being here. I do. I love y'all. Like, we talked about it, but I was just like, I can't wait. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, I love to run my mouth. Let's go. <laughs> Me too. Me too. And you know what's crazy? It's funny that you were talking about being a healer. We're, even with uh, the mindset of a minister, we're not perfect. And not even talking about our sins and things we do. For me, when since I was a little girl, I always knew that my hands can heal people. But I don't like to hug people. So the very thing that I know is my superpower is also my weakness. It's my one of my biggest insecurities. I always joke uh, with my friend and Eric specifically. I like y'all know I'm not a hooker, <laughs> you know. So if you could just refrain, but I'm in a field and being in church where all people want to do is touch you. Yeah. They just whatever that energy you have the yeah. confidence to be yourself. I just want to I want to get some of that yeah. and. That is the thing I don't like. Of course, my past traumas are reasons why I don't like mm-hmm. to be touched. <laughs> but and it's also so superficial reasons. But <laughs> I have to get past that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm not perfect. That's that's something that I'm working through. I don't I don't like to hug. Everybody loves to hug me, and I just don't like it. I never would have known that. Yeah, because I'm a Pisces. We're gonna have yeah, to I never would have done that. I mean, that's my wife's party. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I never would have known that. Uh, seeing you at church and seeing your interaction with different people. That, even that goes along with sometimes having to be this thing that, you know, isn't exactly who you are so that you draw people in. Mm-hmm. That, that's big too. You have that's Sometimes you have to because it's not about me. So I have to push through the reasons why I don't like to be touched or hugged because I know that my hands have power. Yeah. He told me that and I gotta work through that. Yeah. Sorry, you can start with Oprah hugs. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Grab them hands and Ooh, hug make my heart race and gives me anxiety. You know, it's just, you know, I, because I just feel like everybody doesn't deserve direct access to you like that, but we don't deserve God. We don't deserve. We didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve Him. Mm-hmm. You know? Does that mean we don't have access to Him? So, not that I'm God. Not that was a horrible prayer. 
No, I wasn't bad. That wasn't bad at all. You know, I don't it made sense. It made sense. <laughs> it made sense. It made sense. It made sense. It made sense. It's all good. It made perfect sense. I caught it. I caught it. I knew oh, you were doing shit. it. Oh, shit. That's um, funny. <laughs> nah, I, I really appreciate you coming through as well. Yeah. I, um, I'm so glad. I'm even, I'm even happier that it happened this way. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was you all. You both already have a connection. We have a connection. And so it happening like this was perfect. Um, and even you come the first time you come into the studio, you know what I'm saying? So this is just really dope, and I'm I'm looking forward to what comes out of this. You really inspired me a lot in just the way that you spoke and the way that you're moving. Like I've been seeing the way that you're moving, but listening to you speak about it and seeing it come off of you um, did a lot for me. Like your energy is doing a lot for me. Honestly, you guys inspired me. Being able to have the confidence to talk about all the things in your head, is it made me be like, okay, Alex, it's time. It's time for you to start opening up your mouth. Like, yeah, you move, you do, but nobody, you don't talk about your journey. And mm-hmm. I think um, our success means nothing without the journey. Mm-hmm. So being able to talk about the journey is yeah. very important and it's the key to changing someone else's lives. And that's what you guys are doing. You're opening people's minds to different ideas about themselves. Making them not necessarily second guess, but maybe challenging some things they thought about themselves that they were confident in that maybe aren't working. Yeah. And it's like, say, hey, maybe I can change. Maybe, you know, like helping people figure out themselves is like the best superpower to have. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Definitely. Where can um, where can people find you? Um, well, you can find me uh, on Instagram at Alex Awara. That is A L E X A R O W O R A. That's my Instagram handle. Or you can find me on Facebook. Just typing in Alexandria Awara. A L E X A N D R I A. You know, there's only a few of us. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Awara, A R O W O R A. Um, of course, if you YouTube me, uh, maybe if you YouTube me next month, there'll be more content. I'm working on that. I'm still working on me. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's that's where I pour myself out. Instagram, Facebook, me. So, that's your brother. People find you at. You can find me at Just Mike Brown on all social media. Uh, just underscore Mike Brown on Twitter. Primo Miguel for all music. Um, just Mike Beats for music as well. Beats, music in the background, this podcast. You can find it all there. Can people find you? Uh, Instagram, you can find me at Alpha Presents. A L F P H A underscore Presents. Same thing on Twitter. Um, you can find the podcast on the Art of Letting Go podcast everywhere. Um, <laughs> Google to Google Play, um, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes. Um, so just check us out and also email us at the Art of Letting Go podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to be on the show, please let us know. Um, even if it's like a call in or something like that, we can work something out. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you and just your thoughts and Let's just talk. That's really what this is all about. Sitting down and having a conversation amongst friends and and to continue to live life with one another. Um, so thank y'all so much for checking us out.
Toodles. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for being on the show. Definitely, definitely. Peace.